0: Podcast: The weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me a mav, and I am once again here with nope, nobody here this week, nobody who's regularly here this week. Instead, we're doing a special crossover with our friends over at the Protagonist Podcast, so I want to welcome back Andrew and Joseph Dorowski. Hey guys, how's it going? Hello.
1: Hello. Thank you for having us on, and uh, thank you for being on our podcast at the same time.
0: This this is a crossover episode with my show where we're going to do the same topic,
1: the same week, and it's going to be exciting, right? (laughs) Yes. Every okay. Everyone loves a crossover. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, yes, this is a Vox podcast, protagonist podcast crossover happening right everyone now. Everyone
0: loves a crossover when they're too late, when we're too lazy to come
1: up with two different ideas. <laughs> yes. we, we, we were kind of simultaneously reaching out to one another saying, hey, kind of need a guest. Do you have any ideas? <laughs> yep, pretty much. But I think it's a good topic. I think it's a good topic. So what are we doing this week? Right. <laughs> so we're discussing love and hate in fandom and um, this is just something that I've kind of been kicking around, just mulling this this issue of um sometimes it seems like fans hate the things they love. that They're a fan mm-hmm. of. They say, you know, we express that, you know, that to, to some level, part of my identity is being a fan of X, Y and Z. Mm-hmm. And yet the, you are far more likely to hear frustration and anger from those people than from people who are casually like aware of the media, uh, you know, whatever it may be that they are. And. So there's something about this investment and and uh, forming a relationship with, uh, you know, a piece of media that you consume regularly that Mm -hmm. somehow, you know, uh, just heightens the emotions on all ends. It seems.
2: Well, and I think there's like room for that heightening, even in like the middling territory, like Hmm. to, to some extent, like Joe, you are, I think. As as deep as really anybody in in comic book and superhero fandom and expertise, and, and I, I not, just say I, I'm not going to claim that. Uh, I will say I've done a yeah, lot. It was <laughs> like, as, I mean, you would be in a in a certain percentile. There sure. there are people who are like way deeper into it, but higher than fifty percent. Yes, but but, but than you are, are. yeah, it's like. Out of the general people that you interact with, like if you were going to take your cul-de-sac <laughs> and take a poll, I'd say Joe's probably number one in the superhero and comic book fandom territory. Um, what literal street least. you live on? Is cul-de-sac like his actual street, you mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> you, if, if you were lost. to take you and your neighbors, like I assume that, you know, you'd be up there. If you, even if you were to take like your your graduating class of high school people, you're you're up there. You're oh, in the top 10%. Yeah. Yeah, I can, mm-hmm. di- I can and di- yes. and and still, I don't know if there's a lot of people who are like more meh than Joseph on the Snyderverse, <laughs> right? Oh, when it God. comes to like this, the the Snyderverse, the Zack Snyder superhero, you know, universe, the Man of Steel, and everything. Joe's pretty like, like not like hyper neutral, but like pretty laid back about it. Like you don't hate it. You're not gonna write any major comments, but like a casual movie watcher has a high probability of being more intensely a fan of that particular item than you. Mm. Yeah, I, I I think that's, that's probably fair to Despite you uh, having a, a high, high, high level fandom of superheroes and comic books and Superman, like, you know, there's a, there's a categorization there.
1: Professionally, uh, you know, and academically uh, studying, yes. Superman and, and reading up on him, and uh, yeah, I'd say I'm, I, I'm not going to get into like an active internet yelling match uh, about the Snyderverse or anything, right? <laughs> um, but uh, but
2: you also haven't watched all of it. Yeah, I have I,
1: I, the, the, la- <laughs> the last uh, like I never saw the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League, um, mm. which. I mean, there I was mean, a point where I would have yeah. actively consumed every single piece of superhero media that was coming out. Exactly. There just wasn't as much. I, but now, I believe
0: so you that, will live six hours longer than I will because you <laughs> chose. To, <laughs> that was, again, the the literal six hours of my life that I will not get back. So but I guess I guess we're illustrating the problem Andrew's talking about. Right. The mm-hmm. I, I love comics, but there are so much that I'm just like Ugh. and and that's us we're weird in that like you know being comic book fans is part of our job right like professionally i am supposed to like stuff but i mean even even for for regular people this is when we were talking about this as a concept and we're like bushing it out i was thinking about um i saw somebody trying to make an argument on um on the internet where they were like you know, Star Trek fans are better than Star Wars fans because, because Star Wars fans hate everything about Star Wars. They, they complain too much, but, but Star Trek
2: fans love all of Star Trek. And I surely said, Star that's Trek, Trek fans true. have never complained about Star Trek. <laughs>
0: like, like, I'm like, like there' so the one thing that I remember my entire life is that literally growing up, Star Trek fans hated every odd numbered movie. <laughs> If, <laughs> yeah, like Before Clark memes that was a meme that everyone right. kind of the knew like it just good. floated through
1: the ether <laughs> yeah. that the odd number of star trek movies are the bad ones <laughs> yes yeah and it's just
2: like a thing that people knew and and but on the other hand and, and the only people who would know star trek enough to have that opinion are the star trek fans
0: <laughs> right <laughs> right because you're like oh yeah yeah it really is yeah the, uh. but then you pointed out andrew you pointed out about hating star wars
2: <laughs> so, yeah I, i've heard this said that nobody hates Star Wars as much as Star Wars fans. Yeah. <laughs> so. So. And it's, and it's like. Yeah, I guess. And well, and and you get like the subdivisions of fans who really like this one movie and everyone else hates this one movie. And that mm-hmm. and you can determine which movie I'm talking about with that. And, you know, there's different sets oh, that are, yeah. you know, feeling that way and everything. And it's like and, and and like it gets weird because. Well I just had a weird thought where it's like well now there's like a purity thing it's like well the true fans I'm I'm mm-hmm. part of the true fandom of this thing because I love this movie and the ones who hate this movie are are like the false ones and now it's like a weird political like geo like geopolitical right social the- <laughs> like dynamic like the, the true like fans the, are the, the true who have exactly my taste, so, like, mm-hmm. Whatever my taste is, the true fans are the ones. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, it's, like it's, it's, it almost becomes like a religious thing, yeah. like, like <laughs> orthodoxy and non orthodoxy. <laughs> and like, okay, well, like, which pope do you consider to have been in power when there were three popes at the same time? You know, like it's kind of that sort of dynamic. It's like, well, the true ones, you know, follow the creed. And, mm. and well, now speaking of Star Wars, it's, it's like the Mandalorians in Star Wars. <laughs> so, yeah, like the there's the done. the ones that follow the creed, and it's like, well, the other ones are like, no, those are zealots.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, I mean, there's that old chestnut that, that always gets thrown out of the opposite of love isn't hate, it's apathy, which I mean is not how language works, linguistically speaking. That's not true, um, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> but emotionally, <laughs> but it, it, it works in that there's you know people who are like casual fans of Star Wars are just very often could be like sure that was fine you know (laughs) you know whatever but but then the people who love and invest uh you know a a part of their lives into consuming every star wars thing can get that hatred (laughs) towards some choices Mm -hmm. that are made in certain texts of star wars that the casual person who doesn't have that love for star wars just you know it just passes by and certainly you know there's media that um you know uh sometimes i'll see something about you know a controversy about x y or z and it's not something i've ever consumed it's kind of like whatever but then i see something about you know a, a, you know th- this big change that's coming in in marvel comics or something and it's like oh i don't know about that one <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, so uh you know yes. uh, it, it it's it's part of it uh it is true that that investment of love into it and and that consumption of so much of it does make you feel um mm-hmm. More when there's a choice made that you that you that you that that rubs you the wrong way for whatever reason it may. Yeah,
2: there's like like uh, passionate or intense positivity and passionate or intense negativity are closer together than indifference is to either of them. Mm -hmm. And so so if you're going to feel something, it will probably be more intense, either positive or negative. And if you're indifferent, then it's just like it doesn't even pass the threshold to register in either way.
0: So when, when I was talking to my wife earlier today about what I was going to be recording tonight and just sort of, you know, bouncing the ideas off of her, um, and my wife's a psychologist for people who listen to your show and not mine. Um, one of the things that I was asking her about is just sort of the concept of how people, how people think about things that they're invested in. And I'm wondering sort of not just psychologically, but socially is part of the joy of being I'll I'll say a super fan, but I don't even want to qualify as to what counts as super fan, a fan of something to the level that you're invested in. I am a comic book fan. I am a Star Wars fan. I am a Barbie fan. I am a My Little Pony fan, whatever. Right. If you're that invested in something is part of the joy, the critique. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. like, like, is it is part of loving it? defending the parts that you love and complaining about the parts you hate. Like you said, the, the opposite of, of, of love is apathy. You don't want to be apathetic, right? Like I want to, I want there to be constant comic books so that I can complain about the ones that I don't like. <laughs> That's part of it. I mean, I, I, I think like, like maybe I like complaining more than I think I do. Right. Cause people are always saying, I just wish this, they'd give me the thing that I want. But do you though? Do you really want the thing you want or would you become bored
1: then? I think it's also part of like community uh, building is like uh, like shared gripes of like, do you remember when that one writer was on our favorite title (laughs) and he did this to to that character or that one movie in the franchise that everyone like in our inner circle of fandom like we're, we're deep enough in that we have a shared community within the larger community of fandom and it can become it's very awesome. gatekeeper-y uh yes. to you know impar- parts of that in, in problematic ways i'm not trying to celebrate this but i think it's also a natural part of community um, i think there's to, also to a to good part that. of the gatekeeping
0: as long as it doesn't go too far so i think there's a mm-hmm. value like so what i don't want is i don't want somebody being gatekeeper to the point of well, you don't know the old Beatles song, so you can't be a real fan right like that's yeah. that's not useful. What is useful though is and i and I think is when you are reminiscent of something to the point that you <laughs> you are sharing it if only to set sa- to say the thing that you hate now uh, uh, here, well, I'll just mm-hmm. a comic book example. I did not care for um a comic book story that i know a lot of people in recent years did did love um the superior spider-man arc uh, where doc ock takes over peter parker's body and he becomes spider-man for about a year of comics a year and change of comics and people loved it and i was like "Eh, it's fine this is not anything that i recognize nor care about however i am a huge fan of craven's last Hunt, right and Mm -hmm. if i'm if i'm being so gatekeeper-y then i'm like well, anybody who likes Superior Spider-Man isn't a real comic book fan. Then I'm being a jerk. That's not useful for me, right? But if I'm being right. gatekeepery to the point where I'm like, "Okay, you think you like this? Give this a try," and then I accept that they go the, that the person I'm talking to goes off and reads Craven's Last Hunt, and they either like it or they don't. And if they don't like it, I can have a conversation with them about, "Okay, well, what is it about?" what is it about your story that you like better versus my story? And maybe they like that their stories longer. Like Craven's last hunt is like six issues over the course of two months. Whereas superior Spider-Man is like 24 issues over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's considerably longer. Um, So that might be it. Or maybe it's just, um, you know, that I'm old. <laughs> like, like this is a story from the, I mean, it's a story from the eighties from when I was a teenager a young teenager in fact and and it so there could be some nostalgia because, wrapped up in this, right well I, and i've i've reread it i think it's good but i think it's i think it's maybe a story that's designed for someone who was growing up when i was growing up and it spoke to me in a way that maybe if i were a teenager in 2010 instead i would have i'd feel differently is that
1: when uh is that when that Superior Spider-Man story came out? I'm guessing. I don't actually know. No, know. it
2: was. It, was <laughs> it has to be more uh, recent, right? It's a I little bit more recently than that. I think it's said. like 2015 or something. <laughs> um, maybe as late as 2018. I I I have all of Superior Spider-Man um, on hand. But but 2013. It's, oh, t- so it is farther back than I thought. <laughs> 2013
0: through January 2013 through September 2014, according to Wikipedia. Oh, I don't
1: want that story to be <laughs> 10 years old
2: because that's that feels stuff that's pretty weird
1: yeah that
2: i Ooh, yeah i still think (laughs) of it as like recent that they reset the status quo from that Mm -hmm. it's like oh yeah there's a they you know there's spider-man from resetting the status quo and it's probably like two or three major runs since that (laughs) happened (laughs) yeah oh weird but, yeah, but I, yeah, I think that what you're yeah. saying
1: is, is that it can also serve um, to find someone who shares your taste, like when they have the same issues that you have. Mm. So, right. So that right. can be part of the community building is like, you know, I really liked this part of it. And but but not that part of it. Um, and also, I think sometimes it can serve as a red flag when someone has a particular issue or it's like,
2: mm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, and
2: you're like oh, we don't have the same taste.
1: We don't have the same taste. And I there, there might be a
2: subtext as to why you have that particular well, issue. Yeah, <laughs> I so I want to dig into something that might be a, a tangent. So if it if we need to, like, pull back into this, oh, this particular part of the tangent. conversation, but like, <laughs> I'm thinking about this also. So when I was in high school, like, I, I know that I was like the deepest into comic books out of anybody. But that didn't mean that I knew everything that everybody else knew. Right. There were there were areas where other people had a deeper knowledge because, like, I didn't read Deadpool stuff. OK, got gotcha. I wasn't into I wasn't into Deadpool and so i'm like okay some other people are gonna know more about deadpool but i also know that i'm reading like three to five times as much comic books broadly speaking like Mm -hmm. yeah but they've never read any runaways and they've never Mm -hmm. they don't read any x-men and i'm reading like four x-men comics right now and i is a very weird thing to be like okay like i guess we're in the same fandom because it's comic books and superheroes but like there's different there's different like areas of that fandom and different depths of it and and yeah so there's silos where it's like oh like I can't actually like talk to them about comic books because like we're not going to be talking the same language they're going to be talking about a certain set of like spawn and deadpool stuff and i'm talking about other stuff good stuff you're talking about good stuff
0: <laughs> well, <I don't> <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm saying but, that but, I, that, but isn't that? I, yeah <laughs> But isn't that part, uh, of, the, I, part of the thing? Like, Cause I, I didn't like Deadpool either. And I didn't like spawn. I mean, I, I, I mean, it wasn't for me is what it is. Runaways yeah. was one of my all time favorite books. I love Runaways and you can sort of, so I'm a fan of Runaways. I do a whole podcast about Excalibur. I'm a fan of the teen Titans, the, mm-hmm. the, a certain era of X-Men. Uh, And you, you can sort of guess the kinds of books that I like. This is, I like the teen team up book. So Runaways was perfectly up my alley. And, um, Literally everything about Spawn and everything about the comic of Deadpool, especially at this point in the late 90s, early 2000s that I think Andrew's talking about, are just it's literally everything that I hate about comics. And I don't mind saying that it's like, so like, I mean, it's, it's the loving to hate, like, I, but, it, but I, it's what other people loved about comics. Right. Right. And so like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I said it as a joke, you know, like, Oh, well you liked good stuff as opposed to these stupid stuff that like, you know, but like, but on the other hand, I love the Deadpool movies. I think they're amazing. I think they're great. But I hate the Deadpool comic book. It's just, it's never been something that I'm interested in. And I um similarly, I I hate the boys comic book. Everybody said, Oh, you and people tried so long get me to read the boys. You'll love this. You'll love this. And I finally read it and I was like, oh, this is this is bad. This is actively bad. I do not like this at all. So much so that it really surprised me that the TV show is one of my favorite TV shows. Um so the point being, I think that my identity as a comic fan you can sort of say, okay, this is, you know, the boys, Deadpool, these uber violent books, they're not really for Mav. And maybe, I I mean, I say I hate them, but long as I'm not to the point where I'm willing to beat people up. And I know that I get that there's a part of fandom which which is different, right? I'm not like trying to run people off of Twitter the way that certain fans are. But like, in as much as I'm just like complaining about things that I don't like, where where I'm like I wish this was more like Riverdale, great right? show on television, which I know <laughs> other people love. I mean, I hate right? Like, long as I'm just, or I wish this was more like Teen Titans, you know, or Young Justice. That's really me expressing my like I'm hating on Your something taste. to express my love for something I like better. Like, it's not mm-hmm, the Deadpool. Mm-hmm. I don't expect them to actually change Deadpool into Young Justice. There's just two different. That would books. be weird. That's fine. Yeah, and it's fine. Um, but I and and maybe to the extent that like. I'm just, uh, I mean, to the extent that somebody's like, "Oh, um, I don't know, comics with girls in them—you know, one, Wanda- division <laughs> are, are stupid. Everything needs to be more Punisher." Well, I disagree with you every, on every step of this. It's a red flag, like Joe said. But also, maybe that's an important part of your identity. That if nothing else tells me to, t- to stay away from you, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> I, well, yeah, Okay. I, I was gonna say I, I, with, I, with what you were yeah. raising with with comics, like there's such a uh, breadth of so many of these franchises where uh, it used to be like if you, if you were a fan of Star Trek, there is a Star Trek show. And then eventually right. there were two Star Trek shows on at the same time. Uh, and now there's like 20. And, 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 and yeah, then there, there a, would a, have and, been
2: some novels or things like that. But yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's what you, I was you could is, be a deep fan and just have the show. Mm-hmm. Yes. And
1: like with Star Wars now, it's like, OK, am I a fan of Star Wars? Well, is it the movies? Is it the movies and the Disney Plus shows? Is it the movies and the Disney Plus shows and the ongoing Marvel comics that are in continuity? Is it also the, the novelizations that are, <laughs> that, the, are, that are in
2: continuity? Um, the animated shows versus the live action shows? Do I play the and, video games, which are part of the story? The video games yes. are currently in continuity, which is weird, but OK. <laughs> did you read the yeah. old stuff, which is now not part of continuity? But <laughs> it's, part it's of religion religion continuity. Is so much that
1: if you did, you're you're kind of in the know and you you get right. a little, uh, you know, <laughs> geeky cred uh, for, for knowing mm-hmm. that. And and uh, it, it's just it, it, to be a fan of something. There's so many different levels of it. And I, I think like, like Matt was saying it's expressing like what your level is and what, what you like or what you don't like doesn't have to be uh, gatekeeper it can be at times mm-hmm. uh, but mm-hmm. but it can just be hey this is where my tastes lie uh, and you know I wasn't a fan of that particular run because of you know the themes that introduced or the changes it made to a character uh, the, the, those were turnoffs for me and that doesn't mm-hmm. have to become I hate the creator they're trying to destroy the thing I love and I must end them <laughs> which is what it sometimes <laughs> right. feels like
2: on uh, online um, discussions deteriorate into <laughs> yes <laughs> uh i so i have a another thought that i think relates to the like the apathy versus love versus hate and you know, like intense passion and everything i think there is, there's clearly something about the opinion that's formed whether whether it's love or hate or anything that comes from the engagement and like the information right like there is a certain degree to which exposure creates that opinion you're only going to have you know, a passion because Mm -hmm. you have enough information to form an opinion, either positive Mm -hmm. or negative. Like Mm -hmm. you can't hate Star Trek unless you've seen enough Star Trek or, or it's like, or, or is there going to be like, or is there something like where there's like a validation to your opinion based on how much consumption you have or something like that? Like I'm trying to, to work this out. Um, I think yeah. he can because I mean, I, I like think- like when we say like nobody no, like Mav you are more capable of forming an opinion about disliking Deadpool than somebody right. who has never read any Deadpool or any right. comics because
0: I'm the guy who will who will I don't even want to say hate watch uh, I, um, when recently you, you want an informed H- opinion even if right. it's a negative opinion <laughs> there was the HBO Max show uh, Velma that was the, the gritty reboot of Scooby doo. Um, uh, you will not be doing an episode on (laughs) Velma. It's bad. It is very bad. It is. There is no redeeming quality to it whatsoever. I watched every single episode because I wanted to do an episode of Vox pop on, on it. And I needed, I didn't want to watch it. And if you go back and listen to that episode, you hear, I didn't want to talk about it and go, I hate this. This is stupid. Why are you making Velma? Why are you making Scooby-Doo woke? Which is what one of the complaints were, or I hate this. This is stupid. Why are you making Scooby-Doo gritty? Which is also what one of the complaints were. So there were, there were very progressive liberal minded people who hated the show Velma. And there were very conservative, you know, alt-right people who hated the show Velma. The show was for nobody. It was also very bad. And I wanted to hate it because it was very bad. I wanted to be able to say as an informed opinion, I have watched every single second of this program and it is garbage. But I do think that a lot of people who were hating it were hating what it stood for. Um, on or at one least their perception
2: the
1: other. of the idea. Of, yes. Of
0: it. And it's like, there are so many people who um, there are so many people I see who are like, well, this movie This movie sucks because it has Brie Larson in it. Well, Brie Larson is a fabulous actress who won an Academy Award. She's very, very good. You might not like her politics, but she is a very good, you know, and her politics are largely I'm a feminist. So there are people who hate her and therefore transitively have decided ahead of time to review bomb, you know, Captain Marvel movies, but also weird indie pictures that you weren't going to watch anyway. So I think that you can hate stuff. I think that's not terribly interesting because it doesn't say much about you, other than the fact that your your identity is based on destroying somebody else's, which I think is lame. Yeah.
1: Or I, I mean, I guess this is something I was kind of kicking around with this too. Is sometimes when people point out the things they hate, uh, you know, about it. Uh, so, like with the Last Jedi, the Princess mm-hmm. Leia scene, right, where she gets frozen in space and then floats back uh, and mm-hmm. then recovers. I saw lots. Of complaints about that. Calling it the mm-hmm. Mary Poppins scene, et cetera, et cetera. It looks silly. It's the it's it, it, it and it
0: is my least favorite part. I actually love that movie. I think it's the best of the newest three. Um and yeah, I, I think that's I agree and that, that is my least favorite part. That is, yeah. that is my least favorite part, so it's fair.
1: And, and that became like a, a token of people's complaints of the movie is like mm-hmm. how unrealistic it is for her to have survived in space. I watched the most recent Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and I was Peter waiting. Peter Quill does <laughs> the same thing. Yes. Yeah. Do, do well, he, well, he fails to do this the This wave thing. of yes. complaints uh, about this, and yes. I, I just
2: didn't, didn't see it online. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> Which, um, because to, to be fair, that is the second time he has been yes he's he's been open to space Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's correct (laughs) it is
0: uh uh, i will say it is shot better the james gunn version is shot better than Mm um than, than the star wars version um I, I certainly don't. I certainly am not willing to say that I'm looking for more realism in a Star Wars than I am in a, in a Guardians, but that's, that, <laughs> that's not the case. Like some some people would say that, but I'm not. This is a this is a movie about about space wizards, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like so so like you know, I, I don't I don't think that's it. I think that, um, I, I but I do think that you're right. There was sort of a collective joy in the fact that. No matter how you felt about the rest of the movie, and there were people who hated the the movie, and there were people who loved the movie, the one thing that we all decided we were going to get behind was how stupid the Mary Poppins scene was. <laughs>
2: so, so
0: that was the unity in America, I guess. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, and I just think it's odd. Um, yeah because it still gets brought up you know the, the mary Poppins yeah, Pop yeah. It, and it it never i haven't even like i went into guardians of the galaxy i think three weeks after i've been out i didn't even know that scene was in there because no one mentioned it no. <laughs> but i knew like within the first screening of the last jedi there were complaints about that scene yeah <laughs> with, with Leia.
0: is it i don't know i mean because I, I i was going to say is it that like that the rest of guardians is so good that people are willing to forgive the dumb scene but is but the thing is honest truth i really like last jedi i liked it a lot mm-hmm. and i mean mm-hmm. and i know that uh, i know it's a divisive film i know there are people who hate it and if you hate it and that's one of the reasons you hate it you know fair but i like that movie a lot and i don't well, think I'm particularly anti-woman i mean <laughs> like i don't think that's a, <laughs> and and yet Yeah, that scene looks, I mean, it it looks dumb. It's just the way it happens just feels dumb to me. So, Mm -hmm. I, so I am, and, and maybe it's just because she, you know, she, while unconscious, force, you know, force floats her way out there, whereas Peter Quill needs uh, to be rescued. mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but but even then, yeah, but even then, it's still, it doesn't matter because it's still. It's it's the same thing. It it really
2: is the same thing. And I I I don't know. I think there's elements of it where like people have a lot less of their identity wrapped up in Guardians of the Galaxy than Star Wars. I mean, just like the history of Guardians (laughs) of the Galaxy, unless people have legitimately been reading Guardians of the Galaxy since the 1980s comic books, which even if they have. Those different characters. <laughs> they are not going to be as passionate about guardians of the galaxy as people generally are about star Wars. Yeah. Like there's, there's so much of a personal identification. I think that goes on with, with some stuff like star Wars, um, where I think people get defensive, like, like it's so ingrained in their personal identity that something that doesn't gel with it feels like psychologically threatening, right? It, it maybe does, mm-hmm get to their fight or flight response it's it's oh this is challenging to my self-image this is challenging to my sense of what i believe myself to be Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that challenge cannot stand i must protect my self-image which is tied up with this product and therefore i must protect this product from itself like it's like it becomes a really weird thing but like but nobody feels that strongly about Guardians of the Galaxy or certainly not enough people feel that strongly about Guardians of the Galaxy mm. to have that kind of reaction whereas there's a lot of people who do feel that strongly about Star Wars and have built their their nerd or geek identity heavily around being a Star Wars fan and so something that is is challenging to their Star Wars sense of self is maybe more more dangerous than you know what somebody might have developed for for Guardians of the Galaxy and I'm like I was reading the Guardians of the galaxy comic books in 2008. That's about as deep as the fandom goes for it mm-hmm. is like it's not, I was yeah. buying and collecting guardians of the galaxy mm-hmm. in 2008. And that's what the current guardians movies are based on. I'm like, right. And there's things that like mean a lot to me seeing them in the like 2008 costumes in this last movie. I was like, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Like I was reading the comics with those costumes and seeing them in like the, like the, the costumes that I'm familiar with meant mm-hmm. a lot to me. And maybe it brought a tear to my eye, but I don't think I could be brought to argue about the sanctity of, you know, characterization or like, well, this looked dumb and it's, it's a, it's, it's a major issue. Like, I just can't bring myself to do that, but I can see people feeling like, I think I have more strong feelings about star Wars movies than I do about the guardians movies. Yeah. And so there's Um, things that people are attached to in different ways to different degrees.
1: Andrew, you're, you're talking about something. So, a little while ago, I I like formulated this idea, and I was surprised how quickly I was able to like map it onto so many different fandoms. So, it was, um, the fa- every fandom will say, I love this thing so much, it is the best thing, but the people making the best sure. thing are the worst and want to destroy the best thing. <laughs> they must be stopped. Okay. I must yeah. stop them. <laughs> and, um, I was Captain when I first Kennedy thought of this. Destroying my childhood, that kind of thing? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was specifically thinking about Survivor uh, because, they're the the hardcore survivor fans get so upset about Jeff Propes and some of the twists that he introduces to the game every new season. Uh, and say this is destroying what what survivor is. But immediately I realized this is also Star Wars fans. It is also mm-hmm. I I realized sports fans that complain mm-hmm. uh, like like college football fans right now with all the realignment and the decisions that are being made about, you know, what rules and you know, all these other mm-hmm. things or I'm sure it's there for professional wrestling. I'm sure it's yes. there for or comic book fans, oh, I, can,
0: I, can, I can give you the exact example for professional because yeah I think you're absolutely right I think that this is what I was hitting at before people say that they want a certain thing but they don't actually know what they want they think they do if you mm-hmm. let a deep fan program your your franchise and I don't care if it's a, if it's pro wrestling or if it's Star Wars or a comic book or it's uh, Days of Our Lives the TV show um, the soap opera right they will they will program things to who more or less match up to the glory days of when they were biggest a fan right so you'll just rehash it's 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 a problem with um, with, um it's why chris claremont eventually left x men because chris claremont had been doing this job for a decade and a half and then you suddenly had he he was no longer working with Byrne and Romita, he was now working with Lee and Leafield and Potashio, and these are, from his perspective, they kids who grew up reading his work, and then they wanted to do their take on those stories again. And Claremont was like, but I did that story 16 years <laughs> ago. I don't want to do that story again. It's, a you know, I've I've moved past the Dark Phoenix saga. And I was like, no, no, we would like to do Dark Phoenix saga again. And I think that's why you end up with, People who are like, oh, uh, you know, the real Star Wars that was in the 70s. And, and it's like, yes, when you were
2: four or whatever,
0: right? <laughs> you know, like that's like you like you like the Star, Star Wars is a is a franchise that is for children. It is. a it is, These are movies that are made for and, I, you know, and I first watched these movies when I was three and four, as did you guys, as does everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. So the right. ones that I like best are the ones that were available to me when I was four. and. Now I'm 48. So, so like, you know, these new ones, it turns out don't quite hit as hard
2: because I'm 40 something years older. It's just, it's not the same. I think Joseph's totally correct with that, that assessment. Like, Mm um, so I mean, obviously I and my wife are doing a Disney podcast where we're Disney fans. We're in the Disney like, nice. like media bubble sure. to some mm-hmm. extent. Like w- we have to pay attention to stuff. Nobody will like, I mean, one, nobody can get angrier about things going on at the yeah. theme park. So like, even it, like we'll, we'll go with the theme parks mm-hmm. to be even more removed, like another form of media. Nobody can be angrier about Bring what's happening splash at the mountain. theme parks <laughs> than the people who are fans of the theme park and right. are going all the time, but they don't want anything to change. And I can't the splash mountain thing. I can't get over just like how wild it is. Like people are selling jars full of splash mountain water on eBay for hundreds of dollars. And it's, and it's going to evaporate.
1: That will not last.
2: St- <laughs> it no, it's a sealed me. jar, Joseph. <laughs> um, and they have a picture of them scooping it up into that jar. So, you know, it's real. Oh, uh, yeah. There's some certificates. They, they, they try to have provenance to it. <laughs> not certificates, but, but photographic evidence. Oh. Um, but then, and like, and and so, like, nobody is is going to be more furious about that than like the Disney Parks fans who are going there all the time. Right. But at the same time, I'm sitting here. I'm like, it's not an original ride. It's from the 80s. It's called Splash because of the movie Splash with Tom Hanks. It's right. not even related to the movie that it's that it's that is depicted in it. Like, this ride is not sacred, and 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 they will tell you nobody is doing more damage to the parks or the reputation of the company or the pleasure of the guests like the you know the, the happiness of the guests then the executives who are making every decision sure both the, the decisions that they like and the mm-hmm. people who are approving all of the merchandise that they would love to buy and are obsessed the ones with. ones that
1: are literally
2: financially like, invested in the outcome of this yeah. like like <laughs> nobody is doing more damage to the disney parks than the disney executives even though the disney executives are the ones who are making every decision that makes you happy And yes, they're making all the decisions that make you angry. But like, sure, you just bought that that T-shirt. They approved that (laughs) T-shirt.
0: They also (laughs) there's also a bit of um, misremembering. There's there's misremembering all the stuff they probably would have hated when they were eight if they'd been aware of it. You know, (laughs) like 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 you you tend to only remember the good things. I'm, I'm thinking of like people who are like, oh, you know, the new Ghostbusters sucks. And it's like, you know what? Okay. Yes, you like Ghostbusters, but there were other movies that came out that year that also sucked. Like, like, like one. (laughs) You know, like they're like, oh, they don't make them like they used to. Yes, they do. There were just always bad things, and then you never like all the one-star movies that came out in 1984. You just don't watch them anymore, right? Like, there was a lot of there's a lot of garbage, and 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 I and it's weird because we just get we get so invested in it in order to in order to complain about it, just not mean exactly like, the I, thing I that guess you remember. Right. to complain.
1: Right. But I, it's but also, I mean, like, um, like the idea, that, I mean, you've referenced already, like, there's a certain segment of Star Wars fandom that are like, oh, Kathleen Kennedy's destroying George Lucas's vision. It's like, excuse me, sir and madam, I Lucas's know vision. what you thought of George <laughs> Lucas's vision. You expressed <laughs> it <there>. quite clearly. <laughs> For- <laughs> um, and,
0: um, like, uh, you, you, the people you, who are like said retrospectively the decided they like uh, people who are like well you know George Lucas right. see, okay look George Lucas wrote Star Wars episode 2 I'm the only person I've ever met who likes that movie hmm. <laughs> and who like everybody else everybody else is like it's better well, even, than I remember before it. That, but I'm like, well, um, but I liked, I liked it then because I was like, the Star Wars started because of an argument over campaign finance reform. This is amazing. Well, and there's like, a, there's like,
2: <laughs> there's also like, so in, in talking about like the segments of fandom, right? So there's like a, a fandom, and and we're making fun of them. A fandom mm-hmm. who is like, Kathleen Kennedy is ruining everything about Star Wars, and but there's also, like, you, like, you know she's violating George Lucas's vision and and stuff like that. <laughs> I'd say we probably they fall also into love Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. we yeah we probably fall into a subset of fandom who and and like this is the fandom that i feel coming from star wars minute primarily where they're like yeah it's okay if, we can make fun of george lucas like right george lucas did not necessarily make the best star wars movies no, like the, the Star Wars movies that Arguably he made ones. Were, were maybe not the best. And so there's like a chunk of fandom that's in that camp. And there's a chunk of fandom that's in like the Dave Filoni is the prod. It, 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 yeah. like, it is, is the inheritor the second, of the second coming. Yes. Yes. And like he is what George Lucas should have been, <laughs> you know, like, so there's like the Dave Filoni, you know, animated Star Wars series fans. And like, there's all these different camps and it's like, Oh, you kind of have to like find your tribe within a fandom to, to a certain well, with, extent. With
1: that, I was going to say with like with Star Wars, it's like, sure, you can love the original trilogy. But in that same era, there was
2: the, the Ewoks made for TV movies and the well, Ewoks, and, and, and you're going to have the, 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 uh, the collective of people who are like those actually aren't so bad. And the collective of people who are like, these are garbage. These are terrible.
0: Well, but <laughs> even and even of the people who like currently love the Filoni-verse, right? Like, all the Mandalorian Mandalorians. If you actually pay attention to once they start talking about him, all they do is critique them. Like, it's a lot of complaints <laughs> about, wait a minute, Book of Boba Fett, like, ha- like, half of the Mandalorian story, it just becomes the Mandalorian halfway through, and then it's weird because if you didn't watch Book of Boba Fett, then Mandalorian Season 3 doesn't make sense because all of a sudden <laughs> there's just... This, like, why is the kid? Back? Why back. is Grogu back? Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> none, none of them in the last episode he left and now he's back, and none of this makes any sense. They and don't you know say what? anything. And you know what? You're right. Like, people are people right now are complaining that like there people were viscerally angry that Lizzo and Jack Black showed up in an episode. And I'm like, but, but people like were
2: Lizzo also <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah. thrilled that Lizzo yeah. and Jack Black were in that episode.
0: And, and the answer is sometimes you do different stuff and it's fine. Like, like one of my favorite things about, and this is, this happened, you know, both in, it was more in book of Boba Fett, but they had Timothy Oliphant in it, just playing his character from justified. That's what he was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He was just, he was just playing his character from a different show. And if you didn't watch justified, you don't know that, but if you go back and watch it, he was just playing the guy from Justified, and they just <laughs> moved him over to Star Wars, and like Wait, and which he also did some, in
1: Community, by the way. Yes, he, yes, <laughs> he did. In, yes, community, yes, in, the yes, place, yes, in the Good Place. Yes,
0: yes. In t- yes, right. the Good Place, yeah. Yeah, sorry, the Olaf just. they should have had him in that paintball episode. And, that, and but I mean that's that's his character, and it's sort of the fun of it, right? People right now, know the f- franchise that I love. I you know, I love the Fast and Furious franchise. We talked about that a couple of episodes mm. ago on on our show, and. And like, no one will be I've, better at complaining about it than you. Or, well, but like the people who are complaining, there are people who are mad. I, I cause I've been watching, you know, I, I listen to podcasts and stuff and I, I read think pieces and there are people who are like, Vin Diesel is ruining this franchise. He needs to <laughs> understand because Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel needs to step aside and let the rock and Jason Momoa shine. And, this, and, and I'm going, yeah, but the part of why you love this franchise is you want to see what depths of insanity vin diesel will go to in this weird mythology this i mean they're not good movies i'm sorry they're not but i love every second of them and they do not work i've seen fast fast and furious without vin diesel in it that's the second one it doesn't work you need vin diesel going crazy in order to like make these movies work and i think people are starting to understand that but also they complain about it so much like like I like. I don't understand how there are so many think pieces about, you know, when will this franchise finally end? When you stop paying money to go see it,
2: <laughs> that's when. <laughs> that's that's
0: all it takes. If you Which, you're enjoying it, <laughs> you know, even at, if you're at the you current
2: rate it. of uh, box office attrition for it, yeah. might be within a few years.
0: We'll see. I mean internationally it's still they're, doing they're, so they're,
2: much the return on investment is true the, the international return yeah. on investment is is making like it the worthwhile. inverse of the little mermaid <laughs> yeah.
0: but also i mean it's, it's i don't know that i don't know that it even matters like i i would say vin is an artist he is doing something and we even if we hate things we are invested in the art because i'll give you a fandom that like you barely even think of it as a fandom because there's not enough material blade runner I'm a massive Blade Runner fan. Blade Runner fans hate Blade Runner. All of them, <laughs> like, like no one actually. I I actually like Blade Runner. I've watched but, every well, single version of, version of it. Which version of it? do All five hate. of them. I have the I have the box set, and I and I enjoy each of the movies. The I've box set being all.
1: just the first movie, just re-edited yes, in five just different ways, five different <laughs> versions <laughs> yes. of the box. And it, come, the, and it comes with a little model.
0: Movie. It comes with a little model car, and I bought this this Blu Ray set because I'm like, yes, I want to see this. Um, so yeah, I've watched Blade Runner a lot. Um, I enjoy the Blade Runner. Um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, the sequel, which nobody liked. Everyone go back and read the reviews. It came out. Everyone was looking forward to it, and everybody was like, "Oh, this is bad. This is not what we thought. This didn't. This is this didn't live up to my expectation. It's weird." And everybody and everybody's like, "How how could this have gone so wrong?" It's like it didn't go wrong. Everybody has always hated Blade Runner. Go check the box office result results from when it first came out. No one's ever actually enjoyed Blade Runner in real time. This is just how it works. Um and and a whole community has grown around people complaining about everyone else misunderstanding what Blade Runner is. <laughs> like we all agree that we all agree that everyone else is wrong and we just have our own take on it and that's what Blade Runner is and and that's that's part of the joy. The the joy is complaining that the other cuts are wrong. you know you have your favorite cut and the other ones
1: were all wrong and it's part of the game (laughs) I Um, I think there is like like, when you are invested as a fan you are going to come to know the, the thing that you love so much that you're going to see the seams, you're going to see some of the cracks and you're going to yeah, complain yeah. about those and to not hold it all as perfection. I think that's actually a very healthy attitude towards media is that there's good and bad in this thing. And I, I love it despite its flaws or, you know, whatever, however mm-hmm. you want to frame that. Um, it's just, there's also that problematic level where it does become, you know, death threats mm-hmm. to writers. Uh, yeah, the, the
2: toxic <laughs> level. Can yeah, I yeah, the, tell you about, um, let me, uh, Mav. You probably haven't ever heard of this, Joe. I, I mean, I know you have heard of this some, but there is a place near to where we live in Utah called Evermore Park, mm, and Evermore Park is it's kind of like a it's it's like a like a larping theme park. Um, it huh. like it is intended to be, you know about like the Star Wars Hotel. Sure, it's like that. It, it was a predecessor to that. It was okay. Come and interact with. All of the all of the like people at the park are going to be actors and they're going to be conveying immersive storytelling. So like it's a rain fair, but permanent. Yes. OK. Yeah. 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 Okay. But but a lot like punk that. And, and fantasy infused. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah no, I wasn't saying genre, but like
0: people yeah. Yeah. like it's not about rides. It's about the actors. It's like uh, Jekyll and mm-hmm. Hyde's is a bar in New York that I love where the actors are doing a weird gothic kind of Dr. Jekyll era characters in this theme restaurant Mm -hmm. so the experience is that there you are in the play
2: or like a like a themed murder mystery dinner kind of thing you know those kinds of things where and they had seasons they were only open for like a month and a half at a time like three times in the year because they had seasons it might have been longer than that Mm -hmm. uh they had seasons where they were telling a certain bit of story, and the story would progress, kind of like week to week. So you could come back and participate and engage in stuff, and okay. doing things in the park would theoretically it, it, it impact what was happening with the story. So if you know huh. this this faction within the park was getting a lot of attention from the the guests, the participants, then they would be more successful in the next phase of the story and things like that. So it was supposed so to be like progressive improv, story time. Yeah, there's a lot of that and there was there was writing going on and um there's also a lot of like like axe throwing and cheap archery and you know fighting with foam swords and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh and at a certain point this park which was not doing terribly successfully financially decided to change gears on some of that and there was an extreme backlash. The owners and operators of the parks were like getting death threats to their houses they were um like the fans i so i was like in a facebook group like monitoring some of this just because i thought it was fascinating and i was like kind of interested in the park i was like oh like i want to check this park out sometime but it got it, it was wild very quickly like the fans were doing petitions and all of this just because they said, hey, we're going to decrease like the storytelling aspect of this stuff. The ongoing storytelling is kind of hard to do, and it's not necessarily creating what we want. It's not very inviting to, you know, a one off participant. This is really oh, yeah. only v- becoming valuable to the people who come every week or multiple times a week and are dressed to- up and are, are in cosplay mm-hmm. for all of this. Um, and so, you know, they were trying to make business decisions and everything mm-hmm. but the fans were doing petitions and everything and the fans were like <laughs> starting to talk to each other about like can we pull enough resources can we buy a controlling stake in this can we like financially force them to do what we want mm-hmm. in in this sort of stuff and it like it was so clear that there had formed an unhealthy sense of ownership over what was going on at this mm-hmm. theme park right. And and therefore like yeah, so <laughs> over all of the actors who were just like doing their jobs at the theme park and improving and I was like, Oh, this is a really weird fandom right now.
0: Is this like the people who are trying to crowdfund re- remaking The Last Jedi? Still.
2: Yeah, like it's a, probably like a, It'd probably be that kind of crowd. Because
0: yeah. there's a group of fans who I think that they I I think they've like literally had raised like a million or like some ridiculous amount of money of like kickstarter funds to not nearly enough to actually do it but like I was going to say a, a, a million's a lot and everything but it's not right. enough to make a movie <laughs> to make a star wars but like they I know that they were like raising money cuz they're like no we're going to redo this and fix Ryan Johnson's mistakes and 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 just completely misunderstanding that I mean we've made another movie since then there's been TV shows <laughs> you know Carrie Fisher is dead And she's not coming back to be in your
2: movie. (laughs) They're going to erase it from the continuity, Mav. You don't understand.
0: And there's no. Well, look, there's not not only not only is Carrie dead. There is there's not enough money on this planet for you to get Harrison Ford back. (laughs) It's just he he didn't want to do it 30 years ago. He's done. He's so happy to be out. So, you know, things like that.
1: Yeah, it, it is. Def- I mean, Andrew, like I said, when I wrote that that little um, you know version the, the, of it, where it's like the, I love this so much; it's the best thing. But the people making the best thing are the worst. Who want to destroy the best thing? They must be stopped. I must stop them. Like I said, I was specifically thinking about online survivor fandom that I was seeing, okay, uh, complaining about Jeff Probst. Uh, but it just became so applicable the to one so many it's been different for the entire Show <laughs>
0: like Jeff Probst yeah. is the one part of the show that's always been there, and yeah. it's the
1: one thing they like they hate. <laughs> Yeah <laughs> cuz he's messing uh, with it. He he's destroying this. He he wants to destroy this thing that is literally his life and legacy. <laughs>
2: yeah. There are very few people who could be considered to have had a more big impact on Survivor and what it is.
0: And I imagine but he, he is the enemy forever.
2: Yeah, I imagine he wants yeah. it to go on forever because it's how he pays his mortgage.
0: You know, so. yes. the
2: builder <laughs> is also the destroyer. Yeah. Um, but Andrew, like,
1: that is a very strange niche fandom that you identified that went through a similar cycle. Not for all fans of that thing and certainly not for all fans no. of Survivor. It's but just some very intense an element of sense of ownership or right of ownership or right of control that comes with people investing a lot of their fandom. Uh, or, or a lot of their their time and money and energy and in emotional investment that happens with with some fandoms mm, uh, mm-hmm. starts to create this different uh, sense of uh, you know uh, of the relationship between themselves and the text. Mm-hmm. Mav, when I said professional wrestling, you immediately uh, pinged on on something over there. I know that's a world that you are yeah. much more invested in. Yeah, uh, it, how does this it's- relate to that <laughs> fandom over there? You, in- <laughs>
0: So wrestling's weird, right? Because wrestling is a fictional sport that everyone has known for quite some time is fictional, but we all just sort of agree to suspend disbelief in order to make it work, right? Like there's, so the difference between a regular play, like going to see a Shakespeare or Hamilton or whatever, and going to see a wrestling match is there's no fourth wall in wrestling, right? Like if I'm watching, like I, I'm at a wrestling show or in my case, I'm performing in a wrestling show. You as a fan, you know that I can see you like you expect to be a part of the show. Like, are are you going to get in a fight with me? No, but you expect that if you yell something mean at me, I'll hear it and I will react. That's the, that's the part of the show. As opposed to, if I go to Romeo and Juliet and you go, you suck Romeo, Romeo has to pretend that he can't hear you, right? If you say you, you, you suck, John Cena, he's supposed to react. It's part of the show. So it relies on this natural investment. So you end up with things like, um, what we call, we call X-Pac heat. X-Pac was a wrestler that everyone hated and everyone complained about X-Pac all the time. And they booed him. mercilessly and people were like when are they going to get rid of this guy get him off the screen you suck you suck you suck but the thing is they were tuning in every week to complain about xbox
2: (laughs) they they want him there so they can hate him that's his his job or
0: they might not want him there but they need him there because the entire point of like he's a bad guy right like it doesn't make sense for the WWE to fire him Because you're tuning in every week to complain like that's that's the show. And right now that guy right now, the heavyweight champion is Roman Reigns and people have gotten sick of Roman Reigns. And they're like, when will this end? And it's like you can't like he's the bad guy. And maybe you hate him for what you perceive is the wrong reason. But he doesn't actually suck because his job is to get you to hate him. So however he's done that (laughs) doesn't matter. He's gotten he's gotten the effect that they're looking for and therefore the company can make money on. If you want him to really go away, the only way to do that is to stop watching the show. But then you'll never know if he goes away or not. Right. Like it's a it's a weird catch 22. And I think what ends up happening is, you know, people. So people watch this and they go, "Well, wrestling's not the same as when I was a kid. Back when Hulk Hogan was running around and and Andre the Giant and and you know, Junkyard Dog, and you go, "Why can't we have that back?" And the answer is because Hulk Hogan is a very old man, and Andre and and Junkyard Dog are dead, and the world is different, right? Like the show that you were watching in the 80s was first off you were a child but also it was responding to Reagan era politics. And we don't live in that era anymore. Right. Like even though people like to think that it's apolitical, the show is responding to a world with Joe Biden and Donald Trump and Barack Obama. And, you know, like that's the world that we live in today. And that's what wrestling is built around. And it's got to look differently. So it's, so, There's just a weird progression that wrestling is, I think, more it's more vulnerable to it because the illusion of the art is that you as a fan absolutely matter in a way that other art forms don't have that. Right. Like any other art form. If I watch a Marvel movie, it doesn't matter whether I cheer or boo. Captain America is not going to react. (laughs) like Mm. it just can't happen but like wrestling wrestling fans want to believe that i can cheer somebody and make them become champion and sometimes you can they've been rewarded before so one guy is famously um daniel Bryan, also known as brian danielson um uh but he was he's a relatively short for a wrestler guy and he's he's small and vince mcmahon likes big guys so vince mcmahon Never wanted Daniel Bryan to become, to be anything more than a mid-carter. He saw him as a mid-level attraction and every fan in America wanted Daniel Bryan to be heavyweight champion. And you could tell because no matter what they did for a year and a half, two years straight, people just chanted bryan you know, either Daniel Bryan's name or yes, 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 which was Daniel Bryan's chant. They chanted it constantly throughout the rest of the show to the point where eventually the company just caved in and they made Daniel Bryan the top attraction because people wanted it so bad. And fans want to believe they can always do that. Fans want to believe that they can get Sonic redesigned mm-hmm. in Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh. Like that, like that, that kind
1: of thing. And I think that, so I or, think or the, the, the Zack Snyder uh, cut of justice league released.
0: Yeah. That they can, right. That they can just complain and complain. And, and I mean, now, they did get the Jack- Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, but mm. part of that was, was because
2: like the pandemic was, pandemic. And, like, <laughs> nothing was available.
0: Right. There was a there was a pandemic. And so, so for, first off, the movie wasn't finished because we were like, well, we told you it was finished. No, it wasn't finished. And Snyder said it was finished, the but Snyder it wasn't finished. Happened, right. But, but but the Snyder cut happened because there was a pandemic and Zack Snyder was willing to finish the movie in his driveway. Literally. He shot Mm -hmm. the rest of it in his driveway and edited it himself in the basement for like $25 million because that's what they had for him to work with. And that's like a really special circumstance. And even then it kind of didn't work out. (laughs) Like it didn't make any money. It did did not drive subscribers
1: to HBO max. Like they thought it was going to.
0: No, it didn't. (laughs) So you're not going to get it. So like, so now they're like, well, can't. And other people are like, including me, I really, 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 really want to see that Batgirl movie, but I know I'm not in charge. And like part of, you know, there's a, but there's a point where, I don't know, do I want to vote with my, with my, you know, my consumer dollar by not going to go see, I don't know, the flash comes out or the flash is out now that people are, as people are listening to, but that kind of thing, you know, like, like, what are you, what do you do in order to, Mm -hmm. in order to, in order to get what you want? And I mean, I feel weird criticizing it because, you know, both of our shows plus like, you know, like my literal job, Joe's literal job is part of is being a media critic, right? So like, like that's part of what you're, what you're supposed to do. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to say like, yes, I think I'm really good at it because, you know, I went to college to learn how to be good at it, but I don't want to say that necessarily makes me, more valid than somebody who just has an opinion, your opinion Mm -hmm. is always right for you. So you should be able to express it. I think that's a good Mm -hmm. thing. I think it's just, it's just weird when the expect, when the, when the complaint becomes expectation. Mm
2: -hmm. I, I really liked something that you said earlier, math, where like in describing the wrestling, you said, well, he needed to be hated. Like the fans needed to hate him. That's, that's like, there is, theres A need for that. I think I'm trying to now I'm trying to think. It's like, okay, in in some of the cases with the movies, like if there's not something that like we're supposed to hate, are we going to find something? Because not every time is a villain supposed to be hated. Sometimes a villain is supposed to be hated, but sometimes it's Loki and you're supposed to kind of like them. And so we have to find Mm -hmm. we have to find some other stuff to hate. And Mm -hmm. especially if it's like Star Wars and you're gonna have a redemptive cycle for your villain. It's like, well, I can't hate this villain because they might redeem him and mm-hmm. make him a good guy by the end. So I guess I have to hate something in the production or something. And, and it's different from like fiction like that to where you get into wrestling, which, yes, fictionalized. But if if the fans can't hate a wrestler, they're going to hate. The the the, the company, right, because it's not giving them what they want and what mm-hmm. they need. They need something to hate or else they're going to hate the production and the Mm -hmm. you know the creators and so they need a heel of a wrestler that they can hate Mm -hmm. so that they don't hate vince mcmahon (laughs) and and then um in sports i mean joseph is okay the most satisfying season of byu football is not going to be a season where they don't have they don't play against the university of utah you need right, to the have rivals. the team that you, you the yeah, Like the yeah. rivalry matters more and it's more valuable. Like if BYU had a perfect season, but no rivalry game, that's less satisfying than a I mean, bad season with a rivalry. I would game. be satisfied. <laughs> I, I would take it. <laughs> but there'd be something missing. But then, but I, then if, the if next was time a rivalry. a
1: Perfect season or a season with one loss, but we beat Utah, I'd still take the perfect season.
2: <laughs> but, but, it, a season but, but with yes, the rivalry yeah, I, like you you need it, some sort of opponent right it, it can be anybody that you know oh yeah, gets to it, be targeted example you'll, you'll, of, you'll mm-hmm. target it somehow and i know mav you you've watched uh marble league mm-hmm. it's it's marbles yeah but the i old, hate some of those marbles the o-rangers suck i, I like the o-rangers <laughs> yeah, they have not. Wrong. You keep you are projecting onto them like they're the Dallas Cowboys. They have not hey, won as cheaters. much as you say they have. The o no. Rangers are
1: showboat. They they show off a little too much. <laughs> like, right. They don't do it the right way. They're not there it's, for the right reasons, it. Andrew. You know, back, well,
2: what, back, what, back, what do you like? The crazy a, cat's yeah. eyes or something? But like I watch the marbles and I'm like, yeah, that marble cat. sucks though. I don't yeah. like that marble. That that marble's right. a bad marble, or that marble's a cheater. It's a marble on a dirt track like it is not actually happening but what i need to create that kind of narrative i need Mm -hmm. to root for somebody and against somebody else it's not satisfying enough just to root for one i have (laughs) to be rooting against something else yeah yeah Yeah. and i like having having some sort of hatred is part of my enjoyment of the (laughs) marble league and hopefully i can like i can disassociate enough where it's like okay like i wouldn't actually like chuck that marble onto the ground to break it or anything like that. And hopefully with sports teams, you can disassociate it enough so that you're not like actually getting in fights with the other team's fans. I know that's not what actually happens. (laughs) I know people do do. not uh, disassociate. People are constantly Mm -hmm. having issues with that sort of stuff. And like people are like boring, pouring beers on the heads of children wearing the opposing team's colors as like, that's not super cool. You know, that's probably a bad, a bad move. Um, yeah, fandom.
0: Yeah, I, I will yeah. go farther than not super cool. I will say it's actively bad. I'm, I'm willing to yeah. take that. Stance, um,
2: <laughs> but like, even Bolt, when we'll I'm watching, <laughs> even when I'm watching marbles rolling around a track, I'm going to create that much like sure. identity and that much like love and hate simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we can get away from love and hate, both being part of our fandom. That's depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully you can, you know, emphasize the love and not let the hate turn into, you know. I don't know. Uh, vandalizing children on the sports stadium. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say, like, often on the on the
1: protagonist podcast, we're talking about like great characters, great stories. And, you know, our default is we're talking about something that is good. But very often at the beginning of the episode, it's like, okay, here's a few nitpicks that we have about Mm -hmm. this particular text. Uh, And we're just going to get those out of the way. And then we're going to celebrate what we love. But we're also going to acknowledge that this is not, you know, a perfect text. Not every text Mm -hmm. is Paddington 2 and perfection. Um, you know, so,
0: and when we steal yeah, your format, so on Vox Pop, when we steal your format, we do the exact opposite, right? Like, so, so our, our version of doing an episode of protagonist is we do, we do shows every once in a while that we call, is this a bad movie? where we we're we're, we're picking something that we know people have complaints about and we're sort of embracing the complaints and then trying to find the goodness in it. Right. We're trying to, Mm -hmm. we're trying to look at fast and furious and say, yeah, but what about parts that are awesome? Right. You know, you know, um, uh, or like I did under the cherry moon was like the first time where we actually called it. Is this a, is this a bad movie where, um like i know that there are people who complain about under the cherry moon we know that the we know the flaws in this film um and we're acknowledging those flaws and i think there's a certain joy in like sort of like like with the fast and furious movies saying here's the parts that i like about it there's a there's a joy in like kind of moving past the criticism so i think mm-hmm. there's a there's also a joy in having the thing that you want to be critical of in the thing that is good. Right. Like, um, like there are, you know, there's a lot of movies that are like, you know, there are problems with citizen Kane, citizen Kane's great. There are problems with citizen Kane. You know? Mm -hmm. And, and so, and so like, I, I, I think there's something to that, right. There's something to criticism is partly loving to hate or hating, you know, or loving to love I was gonna say hating to love but no it's loving to hate is part is part of what a critic does
1: yeah and I think if you're going to like for example with, with comic book fandom like invest the time and money to read a multi year run by the same writer mm-hmm. and artist um y- there's probably gonna be you're not gonna be in love with every single panel right, right. there's probably gonna be times where it's like oh, uh, I don't know if that twist landed or I don't know if that was the right choice uh, for the story but mm-hmm. you're probably still gonna continue on reading it and Hopefully if you if that's what you're choosing to do, overall you're still enjoying it. Um if it gets to the point where mostly you're identifying the things that complain, maybe there's a better use of your time. Get a new hobby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh so I, I I don't know that we've come to like we, we haven't solved anything. It no, we were, love and hate and other, other We've resolved nothing you're maybe, saying. <laughs> don't be toxic. That that's we, we can agree on that, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, I,
0: I hope. I mean, yeah. I I think that that's kind of the hope, right? Like, even even for the things that, like, there there are there are things that I really dislike. I I said I don't like I don't like super gun totally murdery comic books. That's why I didn't care for Deadpool. It's why I didn't care for um for boys or or Spawn, Punisher. Punisher. Oh God! Like, I mean, and, and and yet I see I see there's more to it than that. When done right, which is, I think, why I'm willing to accept them as films more because they're smaller bursts. But I, but I think the fact that I can recognize what I hate about those comics and what I love about the Deadpool movie, for instance, or the boys TV show is, I think, the essence of criticism, not saying you're stupid if you do like this. Even if I think that like the people who are massive fans of the Punisher comic book, there's a stereotype of them. And the people who really do fit that stereotype are not my favorite people in the world. But I think that there's more to me not liking them or their book than just, well, you hate you like Punisher. So therefore, you're dummy. <laughs> That's not right. it shouldn't be that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, don't be toxic. I think it's a good lesson. <laughs>
1: right uh <laughs> and do you have any final thoughts good. to wrap up Maybe the issue I, I of think, uh love and hate fandom. i
2: think i agree with don't be toxic i don't know if we can not have both love and hate when we care about something so in that sense you know like the opposite of love and hate is apathy and all that <laughs> but like don't don't let the hate be bad <laughs> like <laughs> focus on the love and don't be nasty yeah, like, I think there are actually like, like
1: fun uh, ways to to vent about the things that frustrate you uh, about a fa- fandom. And it can also be something that like I, like I said, it, it helps you find people who have similar tastes to you. And that can be a really good thing. But also, you don't want to only surround people uh, yourself with people who think exactly like you. Um So uh, just get a podcast uh, where you can talk to your friends about media every week. That works. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I found that to be a very useful uh, (laughs) way to to work through some of these feelings. (laughs) Not necessarily like financially rewarding, but it's useful. Oh, no, no,
0: (laughs) it's it's very cathartic. It's really it really does. You know, some people would do therapy. We have podcasting. (laughs) It's very helpful. Oh, thank you, guys. Joe,
1: Andrew, where can people find you? Uh, I host uh, the Protagonist podcast where each week we talk about a great character in a great story.
2: And I am often on that show as well as my own show, Disney Animation Minute Essentials, uh, going through Disney animated movies one minute at a time, I think. I like to think that we're we're on the love side of that. I don't think we're usually like, Man, we hate this movie. That's uh we wouldn't want to do those one minute at a time anyway. So
0: we hate this movie, and now we've got hundred
2: and twenty-two minutes left. <laughs> you realize like eight minutes in. Oh no. We've made a terrible mistake. I'm rethinking. I don't, I don't think I want to do this anymore. <laughs>
0: As always, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all the places, always at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show, all those same places, at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpodcast.com where we talk about whatever we're going to be talking about next week, and you can leave us comments on this or any other show. You can suggest a topic, maybe a crossover again. Who knows? <laughs> um, you can... Tell us what you like and what, you know, about this, uh, this episode or any other show. If you enjoy the show, and we certainly hope you do, then please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from and do us a favor, leave us a five star review. If you leave us a five star review, that gooses the algorithm and really helps us out. Especially if you leave a review, not just a rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Um, it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. I would like to thank Maximilian of Pop Music for our epic theme songs, but an Ever single moment, I am playing us out. I once again like to thank Joe and Andrew for joining me, and we'll see you next time. Bye.